0: 是 <laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. Week six picks, as well as the national top 10, Big Ten power rankings. We're going to do power rankings and top 10 first, like we've been doing, and then week six picks after the break. If you like the podcast, make sure to like, follow, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to leave a review, leave a rating. Email me at Big Ten Football Talk at gmail.com. Uh, tweet at me. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, Excited to see what happens this week. Uh, Some interesting interesting games. Some games where teams have an opportunity to maybe build some momentum going into the halfway point of the season. I want to start, though, with my power rankings and my top 10. And we're just going to go right into it. This will be, I think, a shorter podcast. But... I'll just get right into it. The the bottom, we're going to start at the bottom of the power rankings in the Big 10. Northwestern 14. You know, obviously they have really really struggled. Uh, Northwestern uh, is one and four. They are one and one in the Big 10, but that win is against the Nebraska team which obviously was before the coaching change. They they lost to Penn State last week. They've lost to Miami of Ohio. They lost to Southern Illinois. I think it's just that they're they're the fourteenth best team right now. They're the worst team in the Big Ten, I think. Thirteenth, uh, I have Indiana. Uh, Indiana put up a fight against Nebraska last week, but ultimately they fell. I, I think Nebraska's a little rejuvenated, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But I have Indiana thirteenth. I know people will look at the record and say, but they're three and two. I, again, and I've said this a number of times. I think they're a one and four team that happened to win two games close and I, I think Illinois is better than Indiana I think Western Kentucky's better than Indiana uh, and I think Indiana is going to have a rough stretch so I've got Indiana 13th I think they do have room to move up and part of that is because of the next few teams up on the, the power rankings I've, I've Rutgers 12 I think Rutgers their defense I don't think their defense is actually all that bad and I think they've improved on offense from last year. The problem is, any improvement is like pretty staggering for Rutgers from last year because their offense last year was just really not good. And I I just don't think Rutgers again. I don't think they have the personnel to really be able to to do much better than the bottom half of the Big Ten. So I've got Rutgers at twelve. They lost to Ohio State last week. Uh, they lost big. Eleven, I have Michigan State. I think they have room to drop. I also think they I think they could climb if they if they can kind of build some momentum. Oh, that's gonna to be tough as they get Ohio State this week, but Michigan State has lost three straight. The momentum is really, really low. Uh, they lost to Washington, Minnesota, and then you know, losing to Maryland. And so now they're two and three. they're sitting 0 two in the big Ten east, and it does not get easier for them. So they get Ohio State this week. I've got Michigan State at 11. I' have Nebraska at 10. I know they're two and three. Uh, I know that they, you know, they lost to Georgia Southern and they lost to Northwestern. But I do think they are rejuvenated a bit from the win against uh, against Indiana. And you know they won by two scores, so I, I don't know if they can get much higher. We'll see. I mean, the Big Ten West is a mess right now, so we'll see about that. Uh, and part of that, you know, that mess is Wisconsin, and I have them at nine. They got beat down by Illinois. They they ran for two yards, and that concerns me. You know, Wisconsin gets Northwestern this week; they should win that game. But then, even in the West, if you can't run the ball. On Illinois, and I I think Illinois is much improved, but is Wisconsin going to be able to run the ball against Iowa? Are they going to be able to run the ball well against Purdue? So it'll be interesting to see how the Badgers do with Jim Leonard at the helm. Uh, I've got Iowa at 8. Again, I think their defense is good, not great. I think their offense is awful. They're just terrible. And that's no offense, but... You know, I wonder if Brett Bielema is going to retire another coach this week. You know, obviously, they beat Wisconsin. Paul Chris got fired. Now we get Iowa, who I think is also a stale program. You know, what happens if Illinois beats Iowa by 21 points? Do they say, at least, do they say bye to Brian Ference, if not to Kirk Ferentz? I doubt that. I think Iowa has a lot of loyalty to Kirk, but. We'll see. I've got Iowa at eight, eight. I have Minnesota at seven. I, you know, I'm I've not heard anything about Mo Ibrahim. Part of that is because they're on a bye this week. So they they are on a bye. Penn State's on a bye. Um, but Minnesota did not look great without Ibrahim last week. So I yeah, I've got them firmly at seven. Uh they are behind the team they lost to, which is Purdue at six. Uh Purdue, honestly, that they're three and two, but their losses are to a I think a good Syracuse team and I think a really good Penn State team. They struggled a bit against Florida Atlantic, but the, the win against Minnesota was pretty impressive last week. Aiden O'Connell is back. I think they do have some good pieces. They they've got some good guys on the defensive line. Their secondary is underrated. I, I think they're I think they could be a real player in the West. I've got Illinois fifth. That might be too high. But I think the way they're playing right now, they have a really good running back. I think their receivers are good. I think Tommy DeVito is playing about as well as we could have expected. And I think their defense has really improved. uh, Where, you know, to, to hold Wisconsin to two yards rushing is a big deal. And again, I think you can make a case that they should be 5-0 and right now. So really impressed with what Illinois is doing. I've got them 5. At 4, I have Maryland. And, and I think Maryland-Purdue is going to be very, very helpful for us to understand where do both Maryland and Purdue stack up in the Big Ten, at, in the overall conference. Because I think Maryland could be uh, a, a top-four team in the conference. I think they could be a top-25-level team. They also could be a middle-of-the-pack, middle-of-the, like, a top-40, a top-50 top team where, well, they're beating the teams that they should, and then they get beat by the teams that are close to them. So I, I still feel like I don't have a great feel on Maryland, and I, I think that Maryland-Purdue game is going to be really, really helpful be curious to see how Tungavailoa and that offense does against, I think, maybe one of the more underrated secondaries in the country against Purdue. So that game is at Maryland. We'll talk about that uh, in the next segment. Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, 3-2-1. That hasn't changed. I am a little concerned about Penn State. Uh, Tony Beard, uh, you know, one of them. One of, a good friend of mine, he's on Twitter. He was saying that Penn State did run the ball pretty well, as well as you could in the slop that was uh, the game this past Saturday. And and I, I agree that I thought they ran the ball effectively. I'm just concerned about the yards per carry. Um, I would hope he'd run for more yards per carry against a team like Northwestern. But I, wait and see. They get a bye this week. I think that'll be really good for them. I think Michigan is firmly in that two-spot. And I think Ohio State is very firmly at, at the one spot right now. Let's let's talk about national top ten. Again, the top ten is very hard. Uh, I think once you get past, I'll I'll say past five, it's actually pretty pretty hard. So I'm going to do ten through six first, and then I'll I'll that. There's less logic to it than that. Five through one, I think, is a little bit more logical. Ten, I have Utah. Uh, I do not have USC in the top ten. I think USC's look terrible. Yes. Like, they're undefeated, but Caleb Williams has not looked great, and they they haven't looked great against mediocre competition. So I get it, they've won, but they've struggled against Oregon State, and they struggled against Arizona State. And you know what, Utah, Utah just played Oregon State, and they blew them out of the water. So right now, I think I've got Utah a bit higher than USC. Number nine, I have Oklahoma State. They beat Baylor this past week. That. That's a decent win. Um, You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But right now, they're they're the team to beat in the Big Twelve. Like Oklahoma has two losses, Baylor has two losses, Texas has two losses, Kansas State has a loss. Not in conference, but not they're not all in conference. But the reality is, right Oklahoma State is carrying the banner for that conference right now. Uh, I Penn State at eight, they dropped. Uh, from five to eight, I, again, I'm I'm concerned about their offense. If if it's if it's hard to score more than seventeen points, and I get they turn the ball over a lot, but you know that that the rain is an equalizer, and if you can't kind of move people along in uh, on the offensive line. That that concerns me because I think that's what they need to be to be an elite team, and I'm just not sure about that yet. But I I will say I I think the elements could have screwed screwed with them. Obviously, the turnovers were killer. So I got Penn State at eight. Ole Miss uh, enters the rankings for the first time at seven. I I like Ole Miss at least to a certain extent, but. I, I would imagine that Ole Miss at some point is going to run in the Bama. You know, they're in the same division, and they're going to get crushed because I don't think they have the personnel to really compete with the elites. But they had a good win against Kentucky. So I, I'm going to give them credit where I think credit's due. Um, so I've got Ole Miss at 7. Tennessee at 6. Their offense has been very, very potent. Still concerned about the defense. Here's where I think it, it's it's much more clear. And I'll start at five with Michigan, who drops from four in my top ten. I thought Michigan was good, not great, against Iowa. Um, I thought at times they made Spencer Petrus look like a competent quarterback, which that's not a good thing. I, I get it that they were playing from behind, but at times Spencer Petrus looked competent, and if he were better than competent, I think there were times that Michigan was in trouble in that game. You know, Spencer Petras missed some throws that a better quarterback hits and puts a lot more pressure on the Wolverines. So I, I'm a little... I, I think you know, their best wins are Maryland and Iowa. That's okay. Their first three games are literally three of the worst teams in FBS. And I know Michigan fans have been jawing about Ohio State's schedule. It's, it's legit not the same. It's not the same, guys. Hawaii is awful. UConn is awful. Right? Like, these teams are so bad. Like, they're literally ranked in the, in the bottom 10 of the entire country. And so it's hard to know how good Michigan is. They've dominated for the most part, except for Maryland. And they had I thought they had some trouble spots against Iowa, but they they're five and zero to go on the road to beat Iowa at any point. And like th- th- there is some value in that. And they beat they did beat, I think, a good Maryland team. So I do have them at five. I've Clemson at four. I think part of this, their defensive line is really, really good. I don't think it's as good as we thought it would be, but it's really, really good. And I think DJ Uyangalale is starting to get it at quarterback. You know, he has a few receivers in Gata. Uh, Will Shipley in the backfield, I think, is a dynamic playmaker. And they've played a couple of teams that has have tested them. You know, Wake Forest and NC State, neither of them are elite teams. But I do think they have given a bit more of a test. And I, and I think if Clemson and Michigan played or if Clemson and Tennessee played, I I almost think Clemson would win um, because of the way that they're knit. That, you know, DJ's playing better. I think they have maybe a few more athletes that, some of those elite athletes. Uh, I'm still concerned about the back end of their defense. And I think, I. this is not me saying Clemson would definitely be Michigan or Tennessee. This is me saying, I think if Clemson and Michigan played 10 times, I think Clemson would win six. That's my read right now. I still think there's a big gap between four and three, two, and one, but my three, two, one has shifted. I have Georgia three. I think it is hard to know how good that win against Oregon is after BYU has struggled um, after Wisconsin got has gotten blown out twice um, because that has impacted common opponents. Oregon or uh, Georgia rather, I think we're starting to see the limitations of Stetson Bennett. And again, I don't want to doubt Stetson Bennett, but to, to almost lose to Missouri. I don't want to say Missouri is the Rutgers of the SEC. Because I think Missouri does have a couple of playmakers that are NFL level guys. But that, you know, for Georgia to struggle against Kent State and then to struggle against Missouri, there are some legitimate concerns that I have with Georgia. I, I've said it since the beginning of the season it's hard to maintain excellence when you lose 15 guys to the NFL. And you know what, they started out the gate fast, but I think teams are starting to figure them out a little bit. And they just they, they do have a lot of top-end talent, but they also don't have the same level of experience. And I think that's starting to come and bite them a little bit. So I've got Georgia 3. I have Ohio State 2. I was very tempted to put them 1. But I think right now I still... We have not seen the full potential of Ohio State. We have not seen them with JSN. They didn't have Trevion Henderson last week. And if you look at their schedule, I'm like, I think they can beat anybody in the country. But it's hard to justify it when their wins are Rutgers and a Wisconsin team that just got crushed by Illinois and a Notre Dame team who's been just mediocre. So like I think they certainly played a better schedule than Michigan. But I still don't think that their their schedule is is great. And I think we're not I don't think we're really gonna see what they're made of until the back half of the season when they play Iowa, Penn State, Maryland and Michigan, and then whoever they play in the Big Ten championship game. So I've got them I've got Ohio State at two, and then I, I have Alabama at one. And that is that is predicated on Bryce Young starting. I think if Bryce Young's not in, they are a clear number two and maybe even a clear number three. But I think Alabama with Bryce Young right now, they have proven more to me to be the number one team. So let's take a quick break and then I'll be back with picks. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. We've got six games coming down the pike in the Big Ten. I'm only picking Big Ten games today. Uh, I'm going to start with the Friday night matchup on October 7th at 7 p.m. on FS1, Rutgers hosting Nebraska, a very traditional Big Ten matchup, right? In Piscataway. Uh, for those of you who are like, wait, is Rutgers-Nebraska traditional? It's not. It was a complete, it's a it's a joke. Anyway, Nebraska's a three-point favorite. Uh, in I'm intrigued by this game because I think, Nebraska, you know, by name brand, you would think Nebraska would win, but obviously they've, they've, they've had struggles. Um, but they, I think Casey Thompson has been good for them. You know, he's thrown for a little over 1,250 yards. You know, they have a, a back in Grant who's ran who, – he's run for 600 yards, five touchdowns. He, he's a good back. Trey Palmer has been really good as a receiver for them. If they have an explosive offense, not a very good defense. And you know, if you look at ESPN and you look at their their FPI, they actually see Rutgers as the favorite, even though you know Rutgers is plus three, um, Nebraska's a three-point favorite on the road, but FPI for Rutgers are, actually favors Rutgers in this game by about ten percent, which is just interesting. It's interesting to think how how different teams are are valuing um different different things. I think Rutgers could win this game absolutely like I think they are tough. I think their backs Brown and Manungai really add some spark to this offense I think Crickshank on the outside and as a punt returner is really good. I, I think if Rutgers can score in the special teams like a punt return touchdown or a kickoff to return for a touchdown, I think this goes in Rutgers favor. I, however, I I feel like with Nebraska winning last week, I I just get a sense that it's going to be like a three-point shooter who is struggling to hit over and over and over again and finally hits one. Maybe you've seen it with Steph Curry or Clay Thompson where you hit one and then it's like the basket becomes like five times bigger. I, I think Mickey Joseph, I don't know if he's the right man for the job, but I do think he is much more prepared to really challenge his team to get after it. I think Nebraska wins 28 to 20. I think Rutgers puts up a good fight. Again, I think Rutgers is is building towards something, which I think is really, really fun. I think Greg Shano deserves that. But I, I think Nebraska, I, I think it's a it's ultimately not a great matchup for Rutgers. Like Rutgers is not built as a strong offensive team. And I think that's what you need in this game. I, Nebraska, I would not be surprised if Rutgers is ahead, like in the second quarter. But I think then Casey Thompson can kind of bombs away to Palmer. They, they can loosen up the passing game with, with a strong running attack with Grant. And I think Rutgers defense, they're good. I don't think they're great. So I, I've got Nebraska 28, Rutgers 20. At 12 p.m. on Fox... Number four, Michigan taking on Indiana. Michigan's a 22-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, it's in Bloomington. Uh, obviously, Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt on the call. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Basilac attacks Michigan's secondary and, and if their offensive line can hold up a little bit. I, I don't think their wide receiver, Camper, is playing. Um, he, might, he might be playing. I thought I saw where he was out, but that might have just been for Nebraska last week. But even even so, I, you know, I think Indiana is going to want to try to get vertical on Michigan. I don't think they'll be able to run the ball super well against uh, Michigan's front. But how does Michigan do against that passing game? Um, I do think Michigan is is obviously better than Indiana. I don't think I don't think Michigan covers. I like Michigan 38 Indiana 21. 17 point win still a good win. but I just think Indiana is gonna do some things in the offense to make Michigan sweat a little bit until the second half where they pull away. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so I like I like Michigan by 17. Also on 12 uh, at 12 pm. Purdue at Maryland. It's on the Big Ten Network. Maryland is a three-point favorite. I think the, the, the matchup really... It, it, there's two matchups I'm really curious about. I'm curious about Aiden O'Connell with Charlie Jones against Maryland's secondary. And I'm really curious about Loa and his weapons against Purdue's underrated secondary. I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's going to be lower scoring than people think. I've got Maryland getting the dub. I think Maryland is, they're poised for a breakout year this year. I think this will actually get them ranked. I've got Maryland beating Purdue, and I, but I have it really low, score, low scoring for them. I've got it 24-20, Maryland. I think the defenses are going to have a little bit more to say than people realize. 3:30 p.m. kick on the Big Ten Network Wisconsin at Northwestern Wisconsin's a 10-point favorite really curious to see how Wisconsin responds to the firing of Paul Christ uh, some players on Twitter were saying they they didn't want coach to leave and so how does Wisconsin come out are they fired up are they ready to play for Jim Leonard I, I I would not be surprised if they're a little sluggish in the beginning. I I don't think Northwestern has what it takes to pull off the upset. I think Braylon Allen gets his. Graham Mertz traditionally has done well against bad defenses, and Northwestern does not have a great defense. So I think Wisconsin lights it up a little bit. Got Wisconsin 31, Northwestern 10. Um, So Wisconsin gets a big win in Evanston. At 4 o'clock, number three, Ohio State taking on Michigan State at Spartan Stadium in East Lansing. Ohio State is a 27-point favorite. This is going to be similar to last year. Michigan State's weakness is their secondary. They don't have a running game, and even if they did, it wouldn't matter because Michigan State is going to have to throw – to stay on pace with Ohio State and they don't have that capability. Even with Ohio State's compromised secondary, I don't think Michigan State has a, really has a chance to keep this close. I think their firepower is too much. Even if Jay I, there, there's thought that Jackson Smith and Jigba might play, I think even without him, I think we're talking 56 to to 10. Like it's it's going to be a bad brutal beatdown. Of, of Sparty this week. Um, it's, and it's not because I think, I do think Michigan State is, a, is much worse than last year. But a big part of it is not just the but it's the matchup. I think Michigan State has a much better chance against Michigan than they do against Ohio State. So last but not least, Iowa at Illinois, 7.30 p.m. kick on the Big Ten Network. Honestly, this might be the game of the week in the Big Ten. How about that? Iowa, Illinois. I think between that and Purdue, Maryland, those two might be the biggest games of the week um, with the most at stake. Um, I, it's interesting. I think Iowa, I, I thought Spencer Petrus played a little bit better than everyone was, you know, if you, at, at least if you look at the stats, but he's still very inconsistent. And I think, I think Wisconsin has a better quarterback. I think Wisconsin has a better running back. And I thought Illinois put the clamps on them in Camp Randall. I think Illinois does the same. Like, Iowa does not have the same running back as Wisconsin does in Braylon Allen. And I think their offensive line is still struggling. Like, I don't think the guys up front are... Like all that great. Um, Caleb Johnson is is starting to turn it on at running back for Iowa, but he's I don't think he's the same type of back that they've had in the past that can really get things done. So I, I think offensively it's going to be a t- up, an uphill battle for Iowa. And I think Illinois I think between DeVito running, distributing the ball short getting Chase Brown on the perimeter, having Bryant be able to go deep and Isaiah Williams doing getting the short range stuff. I just I think Illinois is really I don't think people realize how much how improved Illinois is. And believe it or not, the odds makers have Illinois as a three and a half point favorite, which is crazy to me. So I think Illinois wins at a low scoring game. I'm gonna say twenty to ten Illinois wins at home. And they take control of the Big Ten West. And that is the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. This is the Week 6 Picks. Thanks for listening. Make sure to leave a review. Send me an email. Uh, Find me on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Have a good night. Enjoy the weekend. Take care. God bless.